choir, and by the choir we shall receive our tithes and our offerings. Amen. 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 Yes.
episode in a brand new month hope you had a chance to take it all in listening to the amazing church choir music by the faith temple church of god in christ among those talented members is guess who that's right this wonderful lady standing right here and presenting to you the story of my life with their hostess sarah adewalu I bet y'all are getting a little sick and tired of hearing about my experiences working at the YWCA, right? Just kidding, but I don't know, are you really? That depends. If you're feeling a little bored by it, I apologize. I actually really do have so much to say about it, a lot more about it than my experiences 
working at the YMCA back in the summer of 2021. In any case, though, that's not going to be the main focus of my show. I just want to talk about some positive things in my life before I get to the not-so-positive ones soon. I promise I'll get there, so just bear with me, y'all. So as I was talking about in the past episodes, I was talking about each of my co-workers at the YWCA, which to me were the best part of working there. The main highlight was being able to engage with them, and I really liked that they were very accepting of my laughing habit. I definitely learned to put up with it, even if most of the campers themselves were a bit rude about it. The only co-workers I have yet to talk about are the two assistant camp directors. Um, but before I can get into talking about them, I want to start off by talking about the general staff members of the school building. You know, like the genders, custodians, etc. So obviously it was a school setting, Hannes Elementary School, right there in Dumont. We were in the building the majority of the time, and we were often outside for the playground, specialist classes, and other stuff like that. Um, The custodians would be in charge of cleaning the bathrooms, the hallways, uh, the gym, classrooms, and everywhere else, the halls even, you know, just keeping the whole place neat and clean. I know we tend to underestimate janitors, but they really do so much for us. Um, When we had instances of campers falling ill with stomach issues and vomiting, um, the custodians were there to clean everything up, so we counselors didn't necessarily have to um, bother ourselves with much of that responsibility. which I was grateful for. Not to sound lazy or anything, but I personally can never physically bear all that workload. Um, That's literally what janitors are there for. Um, That's their main thing. As for the custodians, they're the ones who did the most physical stuff, such as setting up the gym as a cafeteria for the campers lunchtime period you know which is from 11:45 to 12:30 like they would set up the tables and benches and certain camp groups were welcome to sit anywhere they wanted as long as all the campers were in their respective camp groups and with their counselors so for my group 1B for example all our campers had to sit together with their fellow 1B peers. I was one of their counselors in charge of group 1B, along with the black girl counselor who served as the lead counselor and the Hispanic woman. 1B campers couldn't sit with other campers from other groups. They had to sit together in their own assigned camp group 1B and counselors, you know, which is us three ladies. Me, the black girl, and the Hispanic woman. And as for the morning activities on each of the campers' schedules, some of them included the bouncy house and the water slide. 
and often sometimes turning on the sprinklers outside, you know, as a way to cool off the campers on humid days. So we had the custodians as well as professionals who were in charge of bringing the bouncy house and the water slide to camp. And on rainy days, the camp manager and the assistant directors will help the custodians and professionals bring the bouncy house inside into the gym so that the campers could play with the bouncy house indoors instead of outdoors when it was raining. Yeah, the camp manager and the assistant directors were the ones who mostly called for outside help to deliver some supplies and various equipment to them that were necessary for camp on giving days. You know, like water balloons, for one example, for I think like one of the Camp Olympics games or and as well as the carnival, which was on the last day of camp. So, yeah, they had some people deliver water balloons to them for the camp yeah so that's pretty much all i can say about the maintenance staff for now um now i'm just gonna get straight to the point by talking about the two assistant camp directors um we had two of them um the black guy who's in his late 30s and the Hispanic girl, who's about a year younger than me, um, they both shared an office, which is the large, spacious room with the two tables and benches. Their office was where we staff members would record our times for going on lunch break, you know, which is for 45 minutes. And, and it's on the small whiteboard where we write down the times. Um, their room also had two large whiteboards which included important camp announcements i know i mentioned in a previous episode that on one side of the board it was a list of all the counselors for every single assigned camp group including me and my fellow female counselors in group 1b that was the episode in which i said that my name was misspelled when it came to the list of group 1b campers my name was misspelled without the H, and I wasn't sure exactly who wrote it, but I knew it was either the camp manager himself or one of the two assistant directors. The other side of the board included the general camp announcements, such as a camper who was receiving tutoring during certain days of camp. Um, it also included the total number of campers who were currently present at camp on a given day the largest number of campers was 127 you know with with no absences from any camper at all from any camp group then it was a total of 127 and of course if a few campers were absent you know you know from you know each camp group then of course that number would decrease um, so on that board also included my birthday as the announcement written as Sarah birthday 8-5, you know, as in August 5th. And at that time, my name was spelled correctly, you know, with the H included at the end. 
Um, it's just that on the other board with my name written down as one of the counselors for group 1B that my name was misspelled. But on the other board, including my birthday, my name was finally spelled properly. Um, the assistant directors would each take turns telling us some important camp announcements during the morning dismissal period, um, which was from 8.30 to 9 o'clock. First, they would start off by speaking with the specialists, you know, unit. We saw all five of the main subjects at camp, you know, like yoga, music, art, sports, and STEM. And then after they were done talking to the specialists, they would move on to talk to us counselors from every camp group, of course. Um, sometimes the camp manager himself would contribute to making a few notes during the morning announcements here and there. Um, but mostly it was the two assistant directors um, because they both worked for him. Um, I'll start off by talking about the black assistant director first. <laughs> this guy was the boss. Not <laughs> literally like that, but he sure as hell acted like it. And I mean it in a very good way, of course. Um, the black assistant director was a dude in his late 30s um and he's also married with a few young kids of his own um at some point he mentioned that they're both under four years of age so they're mostly most likely infants slash toddlers um i think he also mentioned that he's from Bergenfield. Um, which is right between Teaneck and Dumont, so it's obviously not too far from the school building. Um, he sometimes mentions his wife. One time, uh, in the office, um, he mentioned that his wife was sending him weird yet funny messages about something to do with their kids. I don't really remember the details so much anymore, um. But yeah, that shows he can be a bit of a jokester as well, instead of being all hard-ass, serious, like, boss dude. <laughs> uh, he was the one who more so initiated the morning meeting announcements, as well as just the general announcements. Since he was older than the female assistant director, he was a bit more strict, both with us staff as well as the campers themselves even with the poorly behaved campers um if they were ever like called down to the office that he and the female director i mean female assistant director shared um he was more strict with those campers you know the badly behaved ones um the female assistant director was just as strict with the campers as he was um, as the assistant directors they both made phone calls to parents and guardians when necessary they were also in charge of letting us counselors know if new campers were going to be joining our respective camp groups and introducing that 
new camper to us and it would also inform us if a camper's parent slash guardian has arrived at camp to come pick up their child early from camp um yeah they both had access to all the campers information you know like their contact info etc etc they gave us counselors the ipads to sign in and out the campers during the morning and afternoon dismissals dismissal times and um like i said before the ipad was the most updated version of the campers attendance at camp in my group 1b the black girl counselor had main access to the ipad um, because she was the lead counselor of the group and i was just i was just there sort of assisting her um so about this assistant director dude you would think he was the manager of the camp when he was actually just the assistant director um the camp manager himself was the actual manager of the camp the assistant director had a pretty cool way of getting all the campers attention when it came to giving out special announcements which would be this really cool and funny clapping trick well (laughs) funny to me that is so whenever he clapped that meant that the campers had to um repeat after him by clapping in the same rhythm and they had to stop talking they had to be quiet immediately and stop talking to each other and instead pay attention to what he had to say so the black girl being the lead counselor of our group 1b followed upon this exact same trick to getting the 1b campers to be quiet and to listen to her whenever she was about to say something important okay so the clapping would go like this um the black assistant director would start off by clapping like this hold on like this and the campers would follow along by clapping like that as well like this um i hope you guys could hear that (laughs) he'd do it two more times and then they would have to follow him along twice more before he could give his announcements slash small speech so yeah the black girl counselor in our group 1b would do the exact same thing to get the 1b campers to quiet down and listen to her (laughs) it was hilarious to me (laughs) um yeah and during the week of camp olympics the assistant director would blow his whistle in that exact same clapping rhythm and the campers would clap along to it in that same rhythm so that he would start off his morning speech (laughs) yeah that whole week of camp olympics the assistant director sort of acted like a referee for all the games and activities including capture the flag i think i already mentioned it before right 
Yeah, so he served as the referee for all the games and activities and it would announce each game's winner, which would be a team color. So four colors, blue, red, green, and yellow. The green team, which was the team led by the camp manager himself, uh, obviously ended up winning the Camp Olympics altogether, like all the activities and everything. <laughs> so that was that. So each of the assistant directors would take turns going around each camper's assigned classroom to have a quick word with us counselors um, about important things going on on camp that day, such as certain events coming up um, or where the campers would be having their lunch, you know, in their classrooms or in the gym. Sometimes the camp manager himself would do the same thing as well. Um, during the day, counselors would get notified every minute about important things coming up, such as a quick change to the campers' schedules and stuff like that. Um, as the assistant director, this dude was tough. In a good way, I guess. Like, he let you know that he was in charge. Like, there's no dispute about that. Um, he also let you know that he was the one that you should turn to if your campers were being disrespectful in any way or if they refused to take part in any, like, camp activity or specialist class activity. Um, the first thing we would tell campers if they refused to take part in a camp activity was, would you like to go to the office then? Um, the office, universally, meaning the office of the two assistant directors, um, where they would each ask the camper about their bad behavior and stuff. Um, in cases like that, we usually would have them sent to the assistant director's office um, instead of the behavior specialist's office, um, because in order for the behavior specialist to be in that sort of had more so had to do with a conflict between one camper and another um, because she specializes in dealing with conflict. Um, but if it's just like a general case of a camper refusing to take part in any activity for whatever goddamn reason, um, that was something to be addressed immediately with the camp manager and or the assistant directors sometimes the camp manager would also get involved in dealing with that kind of issue because he too didn't take the idea of take too keenly with the idea of campers being disrespectful to us staff members yeah, and I liked it about him that he was able to have our backs as our manager and whenever we would go to the Dumont Swim Club for the campers' swimming time lessons via bus ride, um, we would often be accompanied by the assistant directors, the camp manager, and the behavior specialist. Yeah, the behavior specialist also tagged along with us to the swim club so that she could have the chance to monitor campers who weren't following the instructions of the lifeguards. 
and I'm at the Dumont Swim Club. Um, the lifeguards there were the ones teaching swimming lessons to all the campers. And I'm gonna go a bit, a little bit off topic by talking about them right now. Um, but first, let me just give myself a <laughs> quick water break. Um, apologize if I'm not speaking as loudly as I can. Um, my throat is all sore, I guess, from all that singing and stuff that y'all just heard. <laughs> So yeah, just give me some time. Okay, I'm back then. Um, the lifeguards really did their jobs at teaching these campers. Um, a few times they gave the campers the opportunity to go on to the diving board. And sometimes a few of the campers would be a little scared to go on it or jump off it, which was understandable. <laughs> I mean, I'd be that scared too, but then again, I don't. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I don't really know how this swims, so yeah. Wait, I'm sorry, just trying to clear my throat here. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, anyway, I don't know how to swim that well, so going on the dive board for me was a personal no-no. <laughs> um, but the camp manager himself has participated in jumping off the diving board a few times and it would always be super hilarious whenever he'd do that. Like whenever he'd jump off the diving board, all the campers would be staring in awe like WTF, like did our camp manager really just do that? <laughs> you know, yep, that's how I felt too. It was hilarious though. So yeah, that was that. During the first five weeks of camp at the Dumont camp, um, I mentioned that the campers went swimming on Tuesdays to Fridays during the week. There was no swimming time at all on Mondays, so it was only four days a week. And different camp groups went on different days. So um, for group 1B, as an example, Specifically, um, they went swimming only on Wednesdays and Fridays, along with groups 3 and 4 slash 5. Yes, again, the three groups that went swimming on Wednesdays and Fridays were my group 1B, and then also group 3, and group 4 slash 5. Group 4 slash 5 is one large group. Um, the assistant directors and the camp manager call that group groups 4 and 5, but I secretly in my head call that group 4 slash 5. They're one large group. Other camp groups went on different days, and I don't remember any more when, but that's all I know specifically for my group 1B. During the last two weeks of the Dumont camp, you know, week six 
through 7. The camp manager and assistant directors had swimming time be on their campers' daily schedule, including on Mondays. So during the last two weeks, the camper swimming time period lasted from 9.30 to, I believe, 11 o'clock, which was closer to the camper's lunchtime period. So it was basically that whole morning period until it was time to head back to the school building uh, via the bus rides, of course, so that the campers could change out of their swimming suits and back into their regular clothes and get ready for their lunchtime period. During the first five weeks, when the campers went swimming only on Tuesdays to Fridays, their swimming time period was only for 30 minutes um, because the Dumont Swim Club was also full of people from across that local area who wanted to go swimming as well. Um, There were changing rooms there where people, including staff members generally, like including the lifeguards themselves, could change into their swimming attire. So at 10 o'clock on the dot, all the campers would have to get ready to end their swimming lessons so that other people arriving at the swim club would go for their own lessons as well, provided by the lifeguards there. So yeah, in a nutshell, I give these lifeguards credit for their patience to teach these campers and also being able to put up with the ones who didn't always follow their instructions. They also give credit to the bus drivers who give us counselors and campers a ride to the Dumont Swim Club and back to the school building. I don't think the specialists ever came along with us on the bus to the swim club, but they had to get their own rides just like the camp manager and the assistant directors would do to get to the swim club and the behavior specialist as well. And speaking of the assistant director, um, I'm going to go back to talking more about him right now. Um, You'd think he was the boss when he actually was just the assistant director uh, because he too had a bit of a leadership role in terms of giving out the morning speech announcements to the campers and everything of that nature. Yeah, his announcements are usually pretty brief and short and sweet um it's just important updates about things to do during the day and how to adjust our activities during the day and the accordance to the weather like if it was extremely hot or if it was raining or whatnot so um, he was also a bit more strict with the counselors with us counselors than he was with the specialists i don't think he was necessarily all that strict with the specialists Um, But that's only just because their main role was to teach the campers a certain subject, you know, like art, music, um, yoga, STEM, sports. Um, Counselors were mostly the main leaders of the campers, so that's why it was a bit harder on us, especially during one particular instance which I'll go into more details about in another Sunday episode. Um, But I don't want to go off topic by going too much into it right now for this episode. Yeah, I promise I'll get to that in a later episode. Yeah. I feel like I've said all I need to say about this dude. Um, I mean, well, I guess I should also include that he does have a lighter side to him. I I mean that in terms of a softer side. To his personality, 
Um, I got to know just a little teeny tiny bit about his personal life a few times whenever I would have my lunch breaks in the office that he shared with the female assistant director. I am talking about the phone calls that he would sometimes make like to his family members. You know, sometimes in ordering something like, and you know, just general phone calls to if not to like parents of the campers then maybe it would be like in terms of ordering food or something at one time though i kind of heard him reveal his father's full name like he was ordering something somewhere and he sort of introduced like like uh, something a little bit a little bit of a clue about his family by saying his father's full name so yeah that was kind of one thing I learned about him and I also did mention that he's married with two young kids who are practically infants um so there was this one other time in which most of the campers were feeling sick with COVID and such um some of them had high fevers and stuff I'm talking about campers and all camp groups like most of them in every camp group not just specifically in my group 1b but I think in my group 1B, there was at least two or three campers on that particular day who were ill at the same time. And at least just one boy said that he had COVID or something. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, as us staff members, as staff members, we were telling each other that we had to take precautions by wearing masks. And the assistant directors were distributing the surgical masks in their office where each and every single one of us to wear which is what also inspired me to start wearing my own mask for the rest of the summer camp program anyway during my lunch break on this particular day and you know with my usual routine of eating in the assistant director's office um, I observed the assistant director making a phone call home to his family which I believe is either to his mother or to his wife or something, but he's obviously talking to a family member, no dispute about that. Um, because he was explaining to the family member that there had been a sort of serious situation that came up at work and that he was planning to stay out a little later that day. On that particular day, he offered to stay for the post-camp shift which again was after five in the afternoon, after the afternoon dismissal of the campers, you know, when they got picked up to go home. The campers who had post-camp were to return inside to the gym for the post-camp shift, which would last until 6.30. So this assistant director offered to stay for that shift to assist in supervising the campers. You know, as well as staying alongside the counselors and staff who were in charge of that shift. You know, one example being the black girl counselor from my group 1B. Yeah, she was in charge of the post-camp shift. So, as this dude was making a phone call to his family member explaining all this, and in the process of that, he said that he wanted to order something for the family to eat for dinner. Like ordering something for them to eat through uber eats and having the meal delivered to his home address 
Um, it was so that he, his kids wouldn't starve for dinner. If he was staying out until 6.30 that afternoon. And I secretly thought to myself, damn, damn, this dude is such a sweetheart. <laughs> a real teddy bear. <laughs> and again, I was only thinking it in my mind. Like, I didn't actually, like, say it out loud, of course. That was the one time I saw that caring, affectionate side to this dude. Um, I know now that he really cares about his family and their well-being. And I thought it was very nice of him to let them know via phone call that that he was going to be staying out late at work. Um, he technically worked for the camp manager. And I think the camp manager was actually the one who asked him if he was willing to stay afterward on that day. Um, I wasn't sure if the female assistant director was available that day or if she just wasn't around to be able to, if she just wasn't able to do it that day, I mean. Um, but this dude offered to do so, and I really liked that he was willing to have dinner delivered to his family so that they wouldn't have to be all that worried about him staying an hour and a half late on this particular day. Yeah, so that got me thinking that this dude wasn't all that strict and serious all the time like i know that he was only doing his job and he was super great at it like i really do give him all the credit for that i also give the female assistant director some credit as well and i'm about to talk about her right now <laughs> so yeah as you guys obviously know this girl is hispanic and she's a year younger than me um, but she's also a year older than the black girl counselor of our group 1B. Um, this girl, the assistant director, um, she's obviously not married at all. But she is in a relationship with someone um, because she has mentioned a few things about her boyfriend once in a while. So, And looking her name up online, um, I can tell that she's from Richfield which is obviously not too far from me here in Little Fairy. And she apparently went to Stockton and was a part of their softball team during her sophomore year and served as their catcher. And plus she's 5'3", so I guess about a few inches shorter than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally stalking her right now. Can't help myself since I didn't really get the chance to ask her for her phone number or social media or LinkedIn or anything. Um, but speaking of Facebook, I'm actually looking at her profile right now since I've sent her a friend request some few weeks ago and she's yet to respond to it or accept it. So that got me thinking that she doesn't use Facebook that actively. Um, but then again, I'm not sure if she's available on Instagram or any other social. I wish there was a way I could figure that out. Um, she's seen wearing glasses in her profile picture here on Facebook. Which I gotta admit, looks really nice on her. I'm not sure if they're reading glasses or just general prescription, but she looks really nice in them. I don't, she never once wore them at all during her time at the YWCA, so that got me thinking that maybe these are prescription glasses and she wears contacts just like I do. Um, she's a Virgo um, since her birthday is somewhere in September, which she mentioned at one point during camp. <laughs> And according to her profile on Facebook, 
she's friends with she's friends with the mutual friend of mine who is this girl who i've known at montclair state um this girl you know the mutual friend um went to msu with me and graduated back in 2019 and works for the legal aid society and once again, to be clear, I'm talking about the female mutual friend. I'm not actually talking about this assistant director herself. Um, I hope I didn't confuse you guys, but yeah. The assistant director has yet to accept my friend request. Um, but I'll still leave it open just in case she ever decide, does decide to check on it, which I highly doubt, but who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, about some more about this girl. As the assistant director, she was also a bit strict with those counselors, um, but not so much with the specialists. She and the black assistant director dude worked side by side in their large, spacious office, you know, where we staff would plug in our lunch break times and such. Um, she was also strict with the campers, and rightfully so, if some of them were disrespectful in any way shape or form the disrespectful camper's behavior was worth reporting to her and the assistant director dude as well as to the camp manager himself um in a few rare cases the behavior that bad behavior would of the camper would also be reported to the behavior specialist especially if it was a conflict resolution type of situation where the behavior specialist would step in and intervene um, because that was her specialty mostly you know resolving conflict between campers um so this assistant director girl also made phone calls to campers parents and guardians and also had access to the campers' contact info, personal info, etc., etc. She is bilingual, which is great because her Spanish is just flawless. Um, I forgot to ask her what her ethnic background is. Um, but at some point, I thought I heard her mention that she's Puerto Rican. Um, her last name sounds it too, um, but... Then again, I could be wrong, though, um, but she is obviously Hispanic, just like the female camp manager who serves as the director of youth development. Yeah, I'm not sure what her ethnic background is either. You know, I'm talking about the female camp manager who works alongside the black camp manager. Um, but yeah, this girl would also contribute to some of the morning announcements made by the assistant director dude. Um, like he was the one that made the main announcements and um, she too would chime in with their two cents now and then and sort of paraphrase what he just said um, she's super nice though and she was super amazing at her job as the assistant director I'm sure she must have felt frustrated in some cases where she had to get in touch with most of the campers parents or guardians when necessary um, she was actually the one who came up with the suggestion of contacting the police if they weren't able to get an immediate response from the campers parents slash guardians in cases of med medical emergency situations at camp you know such as what i described as taking place during the week of camp olympics 
So yeah, most of the campers had been feeling a little bit sick and under the weather during that week of Camp Olympics. Um, including that one girl in my group 1B, you know, who vomited in the office of the floor after complaining about feeling cold and such. Um, and so, and after the contacting the parents, um, parents would either say that they would arrive at camp a little late or there just would be no response from them at all on the other side. Um, even the EMT nurse dude, you know, like I mentioned in that episode, um, he was trying his best, his very best to contact these parents and guardians, um, you know, and he would also try his best to remain calm and cool and collected during these times, even when he would get no response at all. A few minutes later, still no response, like, you know, one phone call after another, after another, and after another, and still nothing. So, yeah. Yeah, so this female assistant director suggested calling the police in the future if this happened again. Um, If that would prompt a quicker response from these campers' parents slash guardians to come to camp to pick up their children immediately and dismiss them from camp for the rest of that afternoon yeah yeah i think i mentioned it before but this girl um mentioned once that her parents were a bit young when they had her um she said that her dad is now in his mid 40s and her mom was also somewhere in their early to mid 40s um so yeah they were pretty young when they had her I know I really probably shouldn't be saying this out loud, uh, but, you know, it's just an observation that I'm making. Um, There's honestly nothing wrong with that at all. I'm just, I'm just stating a fact that's all. She was mostly the one who would introduce new campers assigned to particular camp groups um, based on their age. Um, like for my group 1B, for example, she would come over and tell me and the black girl counselor and the Hispanic woman to welcome um, this new camper into the group. Like welcome so-and-so into the group. Like, hey, everyone, this is whoever the person is. Say hello to them kind of thing. And then everyone in group 1B would say hello to the new person. Like, yeah. And she too also went around to each camper's assigned classroom to tell counselors important information about upcoming events, a quick change in the camper's daily schedule, etc., etc. Yeah, this role was shared by her, the male assistant director, and the camp manager. As counselors were often informed of updated information about stuff happening each day at camp, um, especially if it pertained to the campers' daily schedule of activities, such as where would be they would be having their specialist classes and all that. I think I've said all I need to say about this girl for now. Um, she wasn't all that serious and strict like the assistant director, dude. She was actually more laid back and such, and since she was someone who was closer to us in age... We mostly felt that she was a bit easier to talk to than the assistant director dude himself. Um, I like that he gave us that option to speak with this girl. If we ever found it difficult to have a talk with him personally, um, 
because I think he too acknowledged that he could be a little bit of a hard ass at times and also he's a bit older um he's like in his late 30s um but so this girl being part a part of our age group and part of our generation would be a bit easier to talk to I definitely agreed a hundred percent that she's easier to talk to and more gentle in her approach to certain stuff I think she sometimes assisted with the post-camp shift when necessary um, but for the most part she would get ready to go home just like the other staff members who were not signed up for the post-camp shift that also included me I wasn't signed up for the pre-camp or post-camp shifts so I always clocked out at exactly five o'clock you know, via the Trinet app. Um, even if my dad was unfortunately a few minutes late to come pick me up a couple of times due to the annoying level of traffic on certain roads on Teaneck, it's always that one road that would cause the most traffic jams for whatever goddamn reason. But I learned to get used to it anyway. And I am just about ready to wrap this episode up. I think I've said all I needed to say about each and every single one of my co-workers. The biggest takeaway from these two episodes is that my co-workers were literally the best part of my work experience at the YWCA. I made meaningful connections with a few of them, such as that woman whom I messaged on LinkedIn. For one example, um, we have not been in touch recently so much, um, obviously due to her busy schedule during the week, um, but she is obviously a significant connection to me um, just because of her background in journalism. So I never really did consider it to be a coincidence when I connected with her. Like I knew I was meant to connect with her and it is really helpful to me right now. And I'll just take a quick water break right here. So bear with me y'all for just a few seconds. Yeah, I guess I can say that in the following episode I'll do next. I'll talk a little bit about my co-workers at the YMCA in the summer of 2021. I honestly don't remember much of them that much anymore. Um, but I'll talk about them as best as I can remember. And then I'll talk about my overall experience working there. Face it, I really enjoyed working with them at that lake area in New York, whose name I cannot for the life of me pronounce. I did enjoy working there as much as I did the YWCA this past summer. I don't know, I guess I'll try to incorporate both experiences in one episode and try to compare each of them so that I won't have to spread them out so much um, because I really would like to move on to the more serious topic in the more serious episode, which I can bet that you guys already know exactly what that serious topic will be about. But I still don't want to give it away just yet. Um, I'll have it figured out for the next episode how I plan to do it or incorporate my experiences working at the YMCA and the YWCA. Um, obviously, I will not yet talk about my experience at the Hackensack Recreation Center just yet. 
I do not want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, plus, I'll be mentioning Guy One's name a lot. And trust me, Guy One is literally the least of my problems right now. So I really would love to keep it like that way. And speaking of which, I have not been seeing him at the park lately. Although I did have the unfortunate experience of seeing him today this afternoon um but it was only for 15 minutes before it was his turn to leave and head home um apparently he had been there a bit longer than i had been before i came there so i mean i suppose that's a great thing i mean it's always a great thing as long as we're not physically together at the league at the exact same time so a lot of wonders it's become for me to so far to not have to do with the likes of him or being in fear of him or someone who i think looks like him from a physical distance um yeah so anyway i'm gonna put this episode to a rest right now um if you guys have any questions comments or constructive feedback about my show or just anything in general you want to say about it Please don't be afraid to hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere else on social media, Pinterest, YouTube, whatever. <laughs> I'm very active on Instagram, and I have two accounts. My personal, which is Summergirl of 97, that's S-U-M-M-E-R-G-I-R-L-O-F-9-7, Summergirl of 97, and my per- professional, which is Sarah underscore journalist. My name's Sarah with an H underscore and the word journalist in the meantime i wish y'all an amazing week stay safe stay warm and i hope this year treats all of y'all swimmingly